Hello and welcome to another episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And on today's episode, We're I have no about idea. Fuck I want. <laughs> so before we do that, I do want to jump in and do um so I kind of decided this week I want to do the scripted close, but at the top of the episode. That way if people are listening, they can hear the how to contact us information at the top of the episode instead of the end of the episode. But I'll also do it again at the end. Okay. So for those of you that are listening, thank you. Um, But we want to make sure that you, if you would like to interact with us, there's a way that you can do it. So you can either email us at nowaboutthatpod at gmail.com or we have a website. Our website is www.nowaboutthatproductions.com and you can contact us on that or we have a text message or a a phone number. So you can either text us or leave us a voicemail. The phone number is 765-557-4170. So if you're listening and you would like to get get involved or talk to us or have anything that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, you can contact us one of those three ways. And that's it. That's all I wanted. So now we can jump into how are things going and then whatever you wanted to talk about, because I literally have nothing. I was planning on us potentially talking about the Barbie movie, but Sarah is being very, very procrastination station it's it's true uh uh no i um what ended up happening was i so we're recording this on saturday yeah um originally we were going to record yesterday friday like we usually do however um i ended up having like a big long talk with one of my guy friends um and where we talked about like a lot of um emotional stuff that i'm going through and just like a lot of big feelings and i was tired afterwards because i'm already pretty emotionally exhausted um so then i used up what little reserves i had trying to like sort out some of my feelings um and yeah so then i i could not handle watching anything that might potentially make me cry because i'd Mm. already been doing that i will say i watched it again for the second time and I didn't cry the first time, but for some reason, I don't know what it was, but closer to the end, there is a part of it that I don't know why made me cry. Okay. Like it may, I don't, I have no idea why it didn't make me cry the first time. I was not emotional about it at all, but then I watched it again for the second time. And for some reason I cried. So okay, when you are in an emotional place (laughs) where, where you don't feel like you're going to like just break down at any moment (laughs) never recover um (laughs) yeah i was like after um after my talk with him i was like sitting there and i was like if i cry anymore today i i may actually just fall apart (laughs) so let me not (laughs) i mean it is a Um, really a really great movie and the reason i kind of have been saying we want to i want to review it is partially because um i mean recently uh it the oscars oscars golden globes golden globes it it got kind of snubbed for well there's some conversation about whether it got snubbed for um nominations for the golden globes yeah i've been i've been i've been seeing about that and how the only thing from it that got a nomination was for Brian Gosling's joke song in the movie. That's not true because it both of the songs 
the one that um oh my gosh what is her name sarah america ferrera no not she didn't sing a song america Ferrera. yes Billie eilish the song that she did is also nominated and america ferrera is best supporting actress Yes. Like, I knew that, I knew that there role. was like that there was something good that came out of it that was getting erased about the other stuff, but um, yes, that's why I said America Ferrera first. Um, so it has been. Um, Barbie did get eight Oscar nominations, though. Yeah. So. I mean, it's been well received. I just think for the Golden Globes, there's different criteria that they look for. And there were other movies that had a bigger, different type of impact. And it may have just been that they submitted it for the wrong, the wrong category in that. I don't know. But that's not what we're talking about today, Sarah. Remember, we're not talking about that. Moving on. That's true. We're not talking about that. I'm just getting distracted looking at all the stuff because we were talking about that. So anyway, okay. So my statement for my statement, my statement slash motto for 2024 is moving on. Apparently, because I say it every single episode. And I said it that one time, that one episode, like 15 times. <laughs> that is, that is true. That, that one episode you did. Okay. So I have a very eclectic grouping of things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was weird places that I want to visit. Um, I have to close the articles that are not about that real quick so that I don't get too too distracted i mean it'll happen anyway because that's that's what happens with me um so anyway one of the first places that i wanted to talk about was ponyhenge which i feel like i've talked to you about before when we've talked about um going on um different road trips and seeing different things um i know i'm sure that we have talked about ponyhenge but let me send you i think so it is in massachusetts and it is, um, it's basically a rocking horse graveyard is how they describe it. So it's this little sliver of farmland in um, a town called Lincoln in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's these, these two people, um, Elizabeth Graver and her husband, and they own this small area. And there's just all these rocking, these abandoned rocking horses just chilling in the middle of a field. I wonder how far that is from where I am. I don't know. It's not that far. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably not that far. Um, but yeah, no. So that's that's a place that I would like to I would like to visit sometime. Um, it's been on my bucket list for a hot minute. Um but I've just, I either when I've been close enough to it, I didn't have somebody that I could go with, or I was too sick to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I actually, the doctor I go to is really close to uh, where it is. I love that. It's like that. an hour drive. Anywho, so then this other one is um, a cemetery, and it's a weird grave. Okay, so it's the grave of Timothy Clark Smith, and it's located in Evergreen Cemetery. Um, and it's considered one of America's weirdest graves because the headstone um, has a small 14 by 14 um, inch glass window that you can look down into the coffin. 
because dude was um, afraid of being buried alive. So when he died, he left instructions to build a window um, in case he was accidentally buried alive. But yeah, so you can you can look into into his coffin, and I and I want to. That is cool. It's in Vermont. Yes, I saw that. So um, yeah, it just it's, it's fascinating to me. Just I'm just like I'm endlessly fascinated by things like that. I don't want to like interact with the spirits or anything. But I want, I want to, I want to go visit weird graves. Um, that's just kind of who I am as a person. So anyway, so then. Yeah. I like how on this, the road trippers thing you sent me at the very top where it talks about it. It tells you like things about it. It says free to visit, open now from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Independent, pet friendly, wheelchair accessible, no public restrooms, no Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, okay the other one also um the pony hinge at the top it says free to visit open from 8 a.m to 7 p.m independent credit cards not accepted not wheelchair accessible no public restrooms also no wi-fi so if you go to visit pony hinge there's no wi-fi there just so you know noted noted for the <laughs> record um so let's see here okay so then this is um where okay all right so then this other one that i was looking at was an npr article from um december 23rd 2015 so almost 10 years ago um and it was an article that i had always been meaning to read i'd had it bookmarked forever obviously um and it's about this 90 year old gay man recalling his struggle with his sexuality and the name of the man is hector black um he lived in rural tennessee and um he originally became known because his daughter was murdered and um he's when he was being interviewed about you know her murder um, he had said something along the lines of finding, you know, peace in um, forgiving the person who murdered his daughter. I'm over here like, absolutely not. Uh, do not forgive. If if I get murdered, do not forgive that person. What? No. <laughs> anyway, um, but then he they had like returned to him to like talk to him just about his life in general and he finally talked about being gay and how he came out when he was 70 um and how he thought that his whole life that he was just weird and one of the things that i found most interesting about this this npr article is because they tried to treat him for being gay um and their treatment was to give them estrogen which i found interesting because he literally says um it was the treatment that people felt was the right treatment in those days you take estrogen and so i took that until i started growing breasts and then of course they said okay so i quit and then i seemed to be okay and i'm just like literally they were turning you into a woman to try to fix you being gay there was a lot of yeah a lot of crazy things that they did back 
back in the day to not even that long ago, actually. Not to, even that long ago. To quote unquote treat homosexuality. Yeah. Right. Because like this was the 1950s, I think is. Um, yeah, because it was it was right after World War Two. So, he, yeah, the article was in 2015 and it looks like oh, he went to Harvard in the 40s. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so anyway, I just, it was, it was just really, it was really interesting. Um, he also talked about how he, um, moved to Atlanta in the 1960s because he wanted to be a part of the civil rights movement because he said that it gave him a lot of empathy for, um, the African-American population because he said, I could blend in, but they couldn't. And he's just like, but I came from a group that was hated and feared. So, which I also thought was very interesting. It was just, it, I don't know about you, but I always like learning about um, our LGBTQIA plus um, elders, you know, people, people who got to live a long life and, you know, at some point during that long life got to be who they wanted to be. Yeah. I think it's good to hear like well, the struggle that they had to go through that kind of made it so that it's I would say easier but it kind of it's hit and miss sometimes um, on the people of today um, but also one of the things that we're doing at work as part of the uh, pride program or the pride ERG is we're going to one of the movies we're going to watch is all about Marsha P. Johnson and like her life. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix um, about Marsha P. Johnson. Ooh, hold on. I have the name of it. I have to open up my it turned off. Um, anyways, there's a movie that we're going to look into watching. I have to I think I'm going to reach out to the people at um, like do a survey and see if anyone would be, would be interested in doing a Saturday afternoon uh, movie slash uh, game day uh, thing where we watch a movie, talk about the movie and then have like a game day or game activities. They can be like uh, board games or we can do some networking or anything like that. But that's one of the things that we're going to plan on doing if people are interested in it. Love and, and the movie still trying to find it one momento por favor is called uh the the death and life of martha p johnson it's on netflix love that so that's one of the movies i'm planning on watching and then we have uh sylvia rivera a tribute which is on youtube so anyone can watch mm, i think anyone can watch it it might you might have to have youtube premium uh, and then milk obviously it's on max before stonewall the making of a gay and lesbian community which is on Amazon Prime, and then Paris is Burning, which is on Max as well. Nice. So those are the five movies, two, six, five movies that I kind of looked at and picked out um, to see if people are interested in watching them and then having a conversation about them. And I'm doing it, we're planning on doing it on a Saturday because part of the issue we're running into is we have blackout dates where we're not allowed to schedule things or we're not supposed to schedule things because they will interact with the people on the, in the, like in the distribution center area of the work. Um, and they don't want to pull them off of their jobs. So my thought was to do it, try and do it on Saturday so that people can still come if they want to. Mm-hmm. And then it's not actually interrupting the flow of business. We nice. shall see. I'm sorry, I took over. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, it was related to what we were talking about. And also related to what we were talking about, I found this great list 
of um, books by transgender women. Um, again, this article is from 2015, but I I know that some of these books I some of these books have been on my reading list for a hot minute. So it's from BuzzFeed. <laughs> it is from BuzzFeed because this was back when BuzzFeed was super popular. All the article, all the list articles were on BuzzFeed. Um, now we have all these other ones. But anyway, so um, we don't like we don't we do not have to read these. Um, I probably will at some point. But um, listen, we've talked about it, and I told you you can have your whole thing on on the website where all you do is read and talk about the movies. Yes. Or the books. Yes. So if that's something you want to do, that's something you can feel free to do. And it can be like a side thing that you want to do. I will not because I'm not a huge reader. Although if you find one that's interesting that you think I might like to read, then potentially we'll see. It would probably depend on how long it was. Yeah. So, all right. Well, so these- I, the length doesn't really matter. It's more, is it, I have a hard time staying interested. So if it gets boring, I move on very quickly. I've noticed this and it's something that I'm, I'm not trying to change because I don't think I need to change it. But even like in TikToks, some of the TikToks you send me, they're very lengthy. So I like, I do the thing where I hold my thumb and then slide. So it speeds through it, but I'm still watching it so that I can see it. But I watch it at like twice the speed because it's super slow. Good to know. (laughs) I do that with all, almost all TikToks I watch now, though, because it's like if they're six minutes long and you're taking forever to get to the point, I'm going to speed through it (laughs) because it's very annoying. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. It's just funny to me. Um, Okay, so the first one is Six Months and Three Days by Charlie Jane Anders. Um, a man who can see the future meets a woman who can see many possible futures and the two fall in love despite knowing exactly when their relationship will end and how. And it won the 2012 Hugo Award for Best Novelette. Oh, they're science fiction. Oh. Okay. Or it, it's it's fiction. Okay. Look at you with your little, with your little bows. Sorry, um, Denali came in and wanted to show off her bows to me. She went and got groomed today. All right, bye. <laughs> she was literally, look at my bows. Pet me. All right, bye. Anywho, um, so I I don't know. Like I have I've always struggled to get into science fiction because science fiction tends to be very male dominated and not a lot of female characters that I'm allowed to like, you know, connect with. Like, and when I say aloud, I mean, like, the the author literally makes it difficult to connect with the female characters. Yeah. Like, a lot of these... There's supposed okay. to be, like, side characters. Yeah. I'm scrolling through, and it's like, all the images are... I, I know. Removed. All the images are gone. Bothers me. So are there other ones on this list, or did, did you want to read through the list? Or are there just other ones that kind of stand out to you? No, there were just other ones that kind of stood out to me. So that was one of the ones that stood out to me because, um, like I was saying, it's it's a struggle to find decent um, science fiction that isn't, like, all about dude saves the world or saves the planet or saves the universe or whatever. No. And, like, fucks the girl. And then, you know, it's all about him, though. Um, and it's also difficult to find um, science fiction that's written by um, marginalized communities because often they don't get published um, by major 
publishing companies um, because they're considered too big of a risk. Yeah. Um, so that's speaking. Speaking of, um, mm-hmm. have you seen um, the School for Good and Evil? No. I think you should watch it. I think you would enjoy it. Probably. It's on Netflix. Okay, I will add have, it to my my ever growing list. <laughs> if you have if you have access to Netflix, I think you should watch it. It's fun. Um, and it like the ending. I like the ending because it's kind of the way that it ends is more. It's a better ending than typical. The acting is kind of sometimes not so great, <laughs> but there. it does have it does have Shirley Theron in it. And um, gosh, what's the who's the other person? What's her name? Not Annalise Harding, but oh my gosh, what is her name? I'm going to get red on the if people listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so it stars Kit Young. Nope, not Kit Young. Uh Sophia Ann Caruso. Um Kate Blanchett is the narrator. And then Sophia Wiley is like the second person, like the second main character. Why doesn't it have like the two biggest actors? I have not a clue. Carrie Washington. Jesus. So there's Charlize Theron, who is Lady Lesso, and Carrie Washington, who is the one of the professors. Mm. <clears throat> it's a good movie. I would watch it if you get a chance. Okay. And it's kind of light and fun. Um, and it's all about magic. So that too. I love magic. Um, the next book that kind of stood out to me was Redefining Realness by Janet Mock. Um, the talk show host and Marie Claire editor shares her coming of age memoir, detailing her life growing up as a black trans girl from an impoverished background in Hawaii. Um, which I did not know that um, she was from Hawaii. Um, and then, let's see, there was another one. Cooking in Heels by Cheyenne Durosho. Yeah, that one looks cool. Shares her lo- shares her life through 40 Southern style recipes with a Caribbean twist. Love everything about that. Um, this one, Seasonal Velocities by Raika Aoki. Um, Aoki's collection of essays, poems, stories, and transcripts from her performance art explores violence, love, hope, and home defined by seasonal themes. And it was a finalist for the Lambda Literary Award. Those were the ones that I that I thought were really interesting that I wanted to share. Um, and then do, 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 I'm gonna close that. Um, I wanted to I wanted to discuss this list, and I know I know again that like you're not you're not a big reader so this may not be like something that you have an opinion on but i have opinions on it so i'm going to share these opinions um this what i've just sent you is a time article um called 15 life-changing books you can read in a day um the article is by sarah begley and it is from march of 2015 um so these the the books chosen um i'm underwhelmed and i i want to know some of them i want to know how how they would um change my life and a few of them i've I've actually read as well and i'm just like i don't i don't think that that's actually altered my life so to speak um some of them have been definitely interesting but anyway so just just a handful of the books on the list um out of the 15 there's one two 
Three. I feel like I've read The Art of War, or I've seen Four. it. I probably haven't read it. All right. So out of the 15 of the books listed, four of them are by women. Okay. Two of them. No, sorry. I apologize. Three of them are by people of color. And I personally don't believe that anything by Ernest Hemingway is life-changing. I have a beef with Ernest Hemingway. And I know I know that you don't care at all. Like, you look so bored right now. I'm <laughs> like, just looking like... at the books. <laughs> also, he's dead, so you can't have a beef with the dead person. Yeah, I can. That yeah, makes can. no... Sarah, that beef has little impact, no impact on that person, and little no, impact no, no. on your daily life. <laughs> no, it absolutely does. I have beef with Ernest Hemingway, all right? I have beef with Ernest Hemingway because, one, he was a huge misogynist. What an asshole. Two, he was a fucking drunk. Three, his writing's not that great. I don't oh, understand wow. why he is considered one of the best writers of all times and why the fuck he has a Pulitzer Prize winning novella. Because, like, literally, he writes so poorly. I, I've, I've been unfortunately forced to read some of his writing and it is all, they, they talk about like how his sentences are so brief, like how the brevity of his sentence structure is what enhances the story. And personally, I find it annoying and frustrating to read because it doesn't give me enough depth and understanding of what is happening in the story. And, you know, I don't like any of his takes. And so, therefore, I have beef. I have. Beef I think I'm with- just gonna. I think I'm just gonna title this this episode Sarah's hot takes. <laughs> Sarah's hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, it just it just it frustrated me. And also, and also, I've read um, Anthem by Ayn Rand, and it's I I I struggle with it. I struggle with Ayn Rand because, on the one hand, I do think that individualism is important but i don't think it's important enough that it should negate the societal whole which is exactly what she wants and like i don't think anthem was life-changing to be honest i don't think that any story involving a white man traveling through the congo is going to be life-changing i've never read heart of darkness but i'm just saying that that's there you go there you go anyway this this one's gonna get i'm gonna name it okay i changed that the two episodes ago oh sorry something's going with my microphone is it back now yes okay uh two episodes ago it was called now about that we get canceled and this one i'm just gonna call it now about that sarah gets canceled Because I was the one pretty much getting canceled in the last conversation we had. You're getting canceled in this one. I'm getting canceled for my book opinions. Yeah. Did you see the title of the last episode? No. Have you even looked? Do you, you don't even care, Sarah. Why do we do this? You care. If I didn't care, I wouldn't have gone through and found all these things to try to talk about. <laughs> it's called Now About That Black, White, and Green Moldy Strap-On. Ooh. That's, that's what we talked about. That is what we talked about, but I hate that, that was our title. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to learn from the uh, help I sex to my boss group and like name it, like pick one of the things that we talked about specifically mm-hmm. and name the article that. And I think that one probably would get the most listens is if someone is scrolling through and they see something about a strap on in the title, they more than likely will listen to it. I mean, that's that's fair. That's 
it's fair. I, okay. Oof. Anywho. Um, and finally, finally, um, I have Watching the Heavens, which is about, is an article from BBC about women in science. Because I've been watching a lot of, um, female, more female-led things, um, and so I was interested in reading more about, um, women in science and, you know, women in astronomy and things like that. And so this article is from February of 2016, and it starts off with, um, Fiametta Wilson and how she opened the door to women in professional astronomy, but her name is still largely forgotten. So Fiametta Wilson and Grace Cook were obser observing um, shooting stars and they kept records of meteors um, in what was then very much a man's world. So they were among the first four women to be awarded a fellowship of the Royal Astronomical Society. And I just, I don't know. I just find it, I just find it fascinating because like the stars are really cool and obviously women and AFABs in particular get associated with, um, um, get associated with things like astrology and, you know, oh, you know, we're all worshiping the moon and that kind of thing, which is true. I'm absolutely worshiping the moon. However, um, you know, while people usually end up making fun of us for those things and, you know, oh, it's very whimsical, blah, 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 blah. We don't talk about the astronomers who were women who were studying the stars, not just for the astrology aspects, but for astronomical aspects as well. And I just think that women in STEM often get very overlooked, which is why I decided to bring it up. So, um, so what, what's interesting is that they opened the doors, right, to, to be able to do these things. Um, and then in the 19th century, the Royal Astronomical Society had granted honorary fellowship to, um, famous scientists Caroline Herschel and Mary Somerville, but they wouldn't allow them to become full members because, um, fellows were described in the royal charter only as he and so they wouldn't change the royal charter yeah there's a lot of that yeah yeah but anywho so according to the latest figures um and again this was from 2016 so these figures are obviously not entirely accurate as of today but in 2016 the latest figures um were that seven percent of astronomy professors and 28 percent of lecturers were women and and where like, where is that? For the um, Royal Astronomical Society. Oh, okay. Got it. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know what the current... I guess I could look up what the current figures are. Current female astronomer figures. R.A.S. They... This article is also old. It's from 2016. I don't know if they have any updated stuff. Nope. They don't have any updated stats since 2017 which I think is pretty telling as well. It's pretty, hmm, hmm. Anywho, so yeah, so that's that's about it. I um, thought that those things were interesting and I was eager to share them with you. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Despite the fact that you were bored out of your mind the entire time. I mean, I was listening and we talked more about some other stuff too that was intertwined in there as well. Mm. It's been like, I had a conversation with one of my coworkers, um, the other day, one of my male coworkers, where he made some comments 
that like really drove home to me the like cishet male views of the world and so i've been finding solace in watching um more female-led things and you yeah. know that kind of stuff but it just it's it's frustrating <sighs> but what can you do you can't can't change can't change the world overnight so just gotta keep doing the thing it's true what else would you like to talk about is there anything else um do you want to talk I about some to, go ahead i want to talk about my dress <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so sarah bought a new so, dress so i bought a dress off of amazon um for a party that i'm going to tonight um and the party is um, themed around The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, which my understanding is kind of like a steampunk Victorian era type story. Um, and the the color is um, black, white, or gray. So I, brought, I bought this poofy black um, dress with like a corset tie up in the back. Ugh. It's so pretty. Um, it and like what's really cool is like it's not too too long. Like it's long, obviously, because I'm short, but like it's not overly long, like not terribly so. And anyway, so I'm very excited about it. And I also bought um these beetle these beetle earrings. Um, I, because the Victorians were obsessed with beetles and death and whatnot. I will so, say bug jewelry is coming back. Yes. Like there's yes, a lot yes. of it right now, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Also, would you like to talk about um, the? Have you seen the Mason Margiela thing? Mason, the Mason what? Mason Margiela. Um, they mm -hmm. just did an avant-garde show, and it was oh my gosh, what's her name? Oh, I've been seeing her on my TikTok like all week. Um, and now that I've said it and I'm ta we're talking about it, I'm not going to get to see it, even though it's literally been the only thing I've seen all day this all day today until now. Um, <laughs> let me see. Oh my gosh, what is her name? There it is. Gwendolyn Christie walked in the Mesa Margiela um, fashion show recently, and it's like they're the way that they've done the makeup makes all of the 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 models and the people that were walking. It looks they look like uh porcelain dolls like they're the makeup that. is like glazed and anyone that has their like face showing because some of them had face coverings on but that's a lot of um so mason margella did it there was also uh there was another i think um andrew not andrew um Oh my gosh, what is his name? My brain is completely not working today. I'm, I'm noticing that. I'm also noticing a lot of boobies. Yeah. The silhouettes on these things are crazy. Oh, it was Mason Margiela by John Galliano. He was the, the leading director in it. And then... I am convinced sometimes that that these, these outfits aren't meant to be actually worn. They're, They're... just meant to be art. Well, they're not. That's that's the couture and avant-garde shows. Those are not meant to be worn. Those are meant to be art. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of is Robert Woon. W-N, Robert Woon. Woon? Um, like, he has one of the in in the in the one that i'm looking or watching and i've seen it's there's one of them that's like covered in blood there's splotches all over one of them um and one of them has like a person wearing a red dress and then above it is like a statue um or a figure that's like stitching the dress onto her mm. it's very cool they're very like really cool designs and again it's couture so it's not really meant to be worn um aside from in the fashion shows and maybe like potentially on some red carpets you could see them um but 
that's just been interesting. And I've seen, like I said, Gwendolyn Christie has been on my TikTok feed. Like every third third video is the same like shot of her either walking through the streets of London or wherever they shot it. I think it was in London. Um, or like walking through the the room that they they shot there. They had the the runway show in. It was very cool and I really liked the I didn't like it at first, but then now the more I keep seeing it, I'm like, that's actually really beautiful and it's interesting. And it is it, interesting. It's throwing back to like really old times where the the silhouettes and like a lot of the fabrics that they're using and the the, the design of the clothing it's very very similar to what they wore in like the the 20s yeah and then the the um corseted silhouette is from like the 1800s yeah so oh i meant the 1800s not the 20s i don't know why i said the 20s well some of the suiting is definitely 20s style some of like some of the dresses remind me of um the very classical um i, w- I want to say like beauty and the beast type style of like beauty's um dress at the beginning you know she's got her white um apron over top kind of like that type of outfit but then some of them are very like 1950s some of them Rom- are very- romance pedestrian <laughs> Yeah, like as, romance as pedestrian. As it's, yeah. it's definitely um, here. Let me share the the article that I was looking at. Um, it's just kind of like I'm very intrigued by some of these shoe choices as well. Yeah. Um, some of these some of these boots look like they're they're supposed to be hooves instead of shoes. And then there's this one with this guy in a corset, but no shirt, but just these long gloves that kind of weirds me out. I'm like looking at that and I'm just like, that is a demon from my nightmares. Like that is. Oh, I think I see what the shoes you're talking about. They have like the split in the front. Yeah, but further down, um, there's some that actually have like fur. It looks like fur yeah. on them. So those are. split. Those are a new like Christian Christian Louboutin design for some reason. I don't know why. And then there's um the it was a few years ago Tabby shoes. I can't remember who the designer was. But, Mason Margella. Yeah. Mason Margella Tabby shoes. Yeah, a Tabby boot by Mason Margella. It like the sh- the toe like splits in half where your foot like flips into the toe where it splits. They literally look like like Tabby cat feet. I I have to go and I don't. Okay. Like, why do we need... I don't know. They were really big. Like, big enough that they made, like, sneakers in that style as well. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I'm very confused. (laughs) I don't either, and I would never wear them, but some people do, and a lot of people apparently do, so there you go. Apparently. Anywho. And they're um, like $1,200. Yeah, no, that does not shock me. That does not shock me at all. Um, The other one that kind of, that kind of scares me and makes me think of like a demon from my nightmares is <laughs> this. <laughs> oh my God. Hold on. Let me open the image in a separate tab and copy this address for you because this picture i find mortifying let me see if i can describe it okay so she looks like she's wearing like a lampshade for a hat um she's got a very sheer dress on um with some paint like some paint on her actual body that you can see through the the black sheer um she's corseted obviously and then she's wearing like kind of these blue and rainbow type shoes the little cleft the tabby shoes 
Um, but first of all, she looks like a skeleton. Secondly, what is up with her face? Thirdly and fourthly, uh, her skin is actually like painted a bluish hue. Um, I don't, I don't know that that's actually her skin. I think it's a bodysuit underneath that's the same color and meant to look like her skin. I don't know. I don't know. But it just, I find, I find the whole, I find the whole thing disturbing. TBH. Because if you look at like where, well, I think I'm actually, I'm now I'm looking at a different one. But if you look at like the neckline, um, you can see like close to where the neck meets the head. There is a little bit of a, like a line where the bodysuit ends. So it is a bodysuit. Okay. Yeah. It's still, it's still mortifying though. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, and I sent you one that's kind of similar, but a little bit different. Um, I think it's really cool. I I do agree there. It's meant to look weird and kind of give you odd vibes. Um, but I think it like it start the conversation. It, did, it may not have come to you. No, I, I see it. Okay. It's very yeah. similar to the one that you're looking at. It is very similar. Um, I just it's it's fabulous. I'm not like I obviously have a penchant for the macabre um and and whatnot because like i loved saltburn <laughs> and or like this I, one this one's even weirder because her like, the model's eyes are blacked out like i love i love weird shit um yeah and it looks yeah. like there's something over her mouth too yeah she she reminds me of like a Degas painting almost just like the skin tone and and whatnot it's, it is so it's literally like for these these ones that we're looking at that have like painting over their face it's actually it doesn't even stop at the neck it goes all the way up to the top of their head and it's kind of like um the what is it like the the material that they use for um like tights not tights um stockings that's Mm. that's the material that's being used and it's being painted on to make it look like it's being painted on their skin it's very cool it is cool like i'm i'm not saying i don't like it i'm just saying that they look like demons in my nightmares no they they look horrifying but also really fucking cool which i think is one of the most fascinating things about art to be honest art can horrify and tantalize and absolutely permanently scar but (laughs) anywho (laughs) so yeah but anyways um is there anything else you want to talk about did you see the whole um I know we don't like to talk about him, but the E. Jean Carroll thing. I did see that. I did see that. And no, I don't like to talk about him. Gross. He's gross. It's fantastic. I'm very excited, though, that he's going to have to pay. Do we think he's going to actually pay, though? Probably not. Like, to be honest, probably not. The one that I just sent you is fantastic. Ah, uh, yes. Um, the, I'm just holding the sweater here. Yeah. It's like, I was trying to put it on, but now I'm in a rush and my face makeup is still wet. So I don't want to put it over my face. So I'm just going to put it like, hold it here and run. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to hold it here while I walk down and then nobody's going to notice because they're all going to be distracted by whatever the fuck is going on with my skirt here. Because it looks like at one point it's just falling apart. What time is your um, party tonight? The thing you're going to? Um, Nick is going to pick me up at 7.30, I think. So he may have to get here just a smidgen early so that way he can help tie me into my dress. No, I do really like that dress. I also I mean, really like it. I can't wait um, to send pictures of what I look like when I'm in full costume. What shoes are you wearing? I just 
my regular black flats. Nobody's going to see my shoes. Missed opportunity. (laughs) See, I just, I'm not, I'm not a big shoe fan. Yeah, and you're wrong. (laughs) I know, I know. But anyway, I'm, I'm just going to wear like my little black flats that I have. Um, and then, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, was debating on if I'm gonna try to wear a necklace or not. Um, I think I'm gonna go with not, because I don't have anything that looks particularly Victorian era. Um, but, but I, I'm gonna wear this, um, shade of lipstick I have called Vampire Love, and it's very, very red. Um, and then I have, um, a ring, like a moon phase ring, um. That I'm gonna wear. Well, that sounds fun. I have to figure out what's for dinner because I have to cook tonight and I don't really want to. Um, and I'm finishing up watching for a second time Inventing Anna, mm-hmm. the Anna Swerkin Delvey uh, miniseries on Netflix. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed. I don't know why I'm obsessed, but I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I think it's very interesting. It's an it's a crazy com- like crazy thing that she was able to pull off and do um but then like a lot of it i'm like i don't think i could ever do some of the things that she did she's done because like it would make me sick just thinking about like how am i gonna pay this money back right and i mean for her it doesn't sound like she has to or she's not going to have to i guess I, and i haven't i haven't seen anything about her since 2023 i want to say she was probably deported back to germany mm. i feel like once her like house arrest sentence was ended they deported her back to germany that would make sense and she had a i don't know if it's still active but she had started a podcast um but again i don't like the last thing i've seen was in like the end of 2023 well august 2023 was the last episode that was uploaded and it was only like maybe 10 episodes that were uploaded but from what i've read there were a bunch of people they're like well it's not even really like she talks a little bit but it's really the people that she has she's interviewing people on her show like well what else do you do on a podcast she can't just come in and talk about the same thing over and over again right she's she's interviewing people that's what some podcasts do (laughs) What, were, what was your what were you expecting? At, like at that point, you have to be like, well, what else is she supposed to talk about after she talks about the thing that y'all want her to talk about? Yeah, like she's got to have something else to do. I mean, it seems like to me they want they don't want a podcast. They want her to have a reality show, and mm. I don't I don't know that there's enough there to have a reality show. Probably not. It doesn't sound like there would be. Or the people that would typically do a reality show aren't interested. Mm, mm-hmm. That makes sense as well. well. Well, other than other than the the Rena, no, that party that you're going to. What else do you have going on? Um, I'm working this weekend, so not a whole whole heck of a lot. Um, I have a party tonight, and then I go back to work tomorrow. I also um, liked how earlier you said. Uh, we we are scheduling this on a, a Saturday or we're recording this on a Saturday when we typically do on a Friday. The last like four episodes we've done, not including this one, have been on a Saturday. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it works. It doesn't it matter. I think Friday, Saturday, they work the same. Yeah, they... They, they're pretty much the same at this point. We're, we're just doing the best that we can. Sometimes we're too tired on a Friday. Like, yeah. it's just how it is sometimes. 
All right. Well, do you want to call it a podcast? Yeah, I think we can call it a podcast. All right. Well, again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. If you like the episode, give us a like, a comment, and make sure you follow or subscribe. Uh, if you would, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, as this will help get the podcast out to more people and help us grow. Feel free to follow us on social media. You can look for us at Now About That Pod. If we're not there, then we don't have that platform. Uh, if there is a specific topic you would like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email us at Now About That Pod at gmail.com this is our website www.nowaboutthatproductions or you can also call and leave us a voicemail or send a text message to 765-557-4170 again thanks for listening and we hope you have a great week since this will be coming out on monday and sarah enjoy your weekend and your party hopefully it goes well thank you you enjoy your weekend as well all righty bye everybody bye